I'm Romney Navarro, and this is Firestarters, a streamlined funding podcast where entrepreneurs share their stories, passions, and the formulas fueling their success. Each week, we talk to extraordinary people about what they do, why they do it, how they make a difference, and how they inspire the people around them. Now, it's time to bring the heat. So on this episode, we're going to be talking to Kyle McMillan, Roy's List. I actually found this guy surfing the web and lo and behold, he reached out to me and we talked about a podcast and here we are. The coolest thing about what Kyle's done is that he has set up a real estate investment club in your pocket. It's like a digital meetup group and I can't wait for you guys to hear his story. Successful investors use leverage to get the most from their investments. Streamline Funding provides project financing for home builders and entrepreneurs all across the state of Texas. Visit StreamlineFunding.com or give us a call at 512-250-8575 and speak with a Streamline representative today. We have infinite funding, resources, and expertise to help you grow your business. All right, guys. So when I first started this podcast journey, I was looking around the internet. I was looking around Facebook. I was looking everywhere for people who are quote unquote fire starters, doing some cool things, really bringing some cool product, sharing some great stories to the marketplace. And I stumbled across this dude, Kyle McMillan with Roy's List. I actually totally cold called him. He got back to me and voila, he is my guest today. So Kyle, thank you for joining me. Sorry about the cold call, my friend. Probably no problem. You know, in this business, all we want to do is reach out and network to as many people as we can. And thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. And uh, a lot of people don't know about Roy's List. Uh, in my marketplace, I have been speaking to a number of people that do have some, some idea of what it is. But, you know, I, I talk to people about these things. I, it hasn't necessarily made its, its uh, landing kind of its, its pen, it hasn't penetrated the state of Texas quite the way it may have in where you're at. So maybe before we get too far into it, tell them a little bit about Kyle and tell them a little bit about Roy's List, and then we'll learn a whole lot more about what you've been up to. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, it's kind of funny that you talked about cold calling being one of your first jobs because when I got to college, I was 18 years old. I got a job at one of these telemarketing things where we sold pretty much nonsense to people who called in. And, you know, taught me a lot as well about, you know, cold calling, talking to people, just how important networking is and just kind of having the goal to go out there, you know, and try. A little bit about Roy's List. We uh, were app makers that were, I was originally creating a wingman app, you know, at a certain age, you sort of become problematic to find new friends that have very <laughs> similar interests. Sure. So, yeah, you know, and that went all right. We didn't market it very well because we were a little strapped for cash. We ended up on a real estate investing seminar. Realized one day that, wow, all these people are here for networking. We've already kind of created the same app for this. What we did is we turned our application into a real meeting in your pocket, location-based, and you can reach out to investors all around you. So that's pretty much where we are with Roy's List currently. Love it, dude. So, so a wingman app, somebody like me that has a really hard time making friends, even just striking up a conversation or, or lifetime, fr lifetime friends. I'm kidding. I, I have a pretty decent time making friends, but generally speaking, I don't go into a, say, a networking event with a wing, wingman. 
Why did you guys go to a real estate event if you're looking for a wingman app? You know, we were just opening any doors we could. We found that we were kind of struggling and probably looking for a new direction in our career. I kind of got roped into it by my business partner. I had no interest in going to this thing. But we went, and lo and behold, I thought it was actually kind of a fascinating world. You know, you could earn a lot of passive income. You could own property, which was like a tangible asset. And, you know, when I started realizing half the people in the room that were very successful were, you know, kind of doing it part-time, it seemed like a really interesting avenue that I could go down to and learn. And when I started thinking about the business, all business kind of stems from the real estate world. You know, it's one of the oldest forms of business, you know, some lord over some land in the past, just renting it out to the peasants and just controlling this. And it was a great form of, you know, source of income for him and power. And then I looked at all the wealthy people, you know, the Donald Trumps, Robert Kiyosaki's. They were doing something different than everybody else. It was really a mindset that they had that attracted me to this. I can't wait to hear what you think the mindset was of a Trump and Kiyosaki, but that, that's not today's show. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a very polarizing topic that we're not about to jump into. But, um, but, the, but the fact is this, they won. They won that game of real estate and it is, it is sexy to a lot of people because it feels a little, you know, it feels easy. I think outsider looking in, it feels easy. You've been in the game now for a little bit. So you started with this wingman app. You went to this uh, networking group to figure out maybe I could do this. You know, it looks easy, right? And I could do this. And then you realize, oh, that's not what I need to do. I need to be serving this community with boom, my app. You've figured out that this is not a quote unquote, I mean, I, I just did that silly voice, but this isn't a quote unquote easy business. This is, it takes some chops to, to get anything done here, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah. At first we thought it was going to be easy, but not at all. It was grueling. <laughs> you know, I started out as a wholesaler, like most people do, afraid to kind of, you know, dive in all the way, spend a lot of money. And, you know, we were doing the mailers. We had written our first letters that we probably hit people with about a sequence of eight or I guess what set us apart was that we didn't try to sell you until letter three or four, maybe even five. We would send you educational things. You know, these are your options. You're going to foreclosure. You know, it's a very scary time. And a funny story. The first guy that called us was really local to us. We live in uh, Santa Barbara, California. And he was in a very nice part of town and he was going through foreclosure and we had reached out to him and I lined up a buyer for him. Originally, we asked about, we thought we were getting about uh, $850 on a house that was probably worth $9 to $950 without any repairs. And this guy kept dragging me along and on and on and on. You know, month went by. We had to drop $50,000 because the investors saw what was happening. And then again, another $50,000 after you know, a month or two. I was at the courthouse one day and I saw him. He was going up to auction in five or 10 days. And, you know, he had not let me talk to his bank previously. And uh, he went with a real estate investor. Or sorry, not a real estate investor, a real estate agent that day. And said, and how you know, much were you in this late, deal? Remind me how much you were in this deal at the time? 850. We're down to now probably seven, 750. You know, every month okay. we kind of dropped down a lot. And, you know, what happened was he wanted us, I think a big thing was uh, he wanted testimonials and videos. And we even had one of our old mentors call him who was helping me out with this deal. 
And, you know, we thought it was going well, and he'd finally go with us, and then he went with this agent, and he walked with about six fifty for a house that was probably worth about nine nine fifty. And part of me wanted to ask him if he'd be the video for what happens if you don't use our service, but I couldn't do that. You know, it's too an emotional thing for these types of guys. Sure. It was unfortunate for them, but, you know, it was lesson you live, you learn. And uh, it was... After I started, you know, getting tired of sending out the mailers, it was getting expensive. I figured, you know, I live in a small enough town where I can pick the houses I want and just go knock on their doors and leave an offer. I was probably, you know, a month or two after our previous incident, knocked on a door with an offer, and the guy pulled a shotgun on me. I guess he was just not excited to have people, you know, an actual to, shotgun, dude, an actual shotgun. Which is unusual because we're in California and we don't have a whole lot of guns around here. Yeah, here in Texas, maybe. Yeah, maybe in Texas. Damn. Yeah, yeah. but it was an interesting experience. You know, it only happened once so far. So after these two types of things, the nerve kind of settled. I've already been through what I kind of saw as the worst. And, you know, we've just kind of been on the road since there. Damn, I, I, that is the worst. Anything beyond that is good. So I, I hope yeah. where we're at today is no shotguns. And I'm pretty sure we are after, since we've, we've spoken a little in the past, you know, it's funny, man. I was thinking about one of my very first deals. I may have shared this on the air. So if, if you're listening, if you've heard about this, deal, I'm sorry. I may have shared about this, shared this one on the air. One of my first deals was in North Miami beach, Florida. Um, my brother and I bought a property from my then next door neighbor. My next door neighbor inherited a property from his mom whatever, no big deal, inherited the property, just sat on it, had some tenants in there, didn't, never really paid attention to it, never paid the mortgage on it. So my brother and I are like, hey man, we'll buy it from you and you're going to foreclosure, no big, we'll just, here's, here's a little bit of cash, we'll bring the property current, um, we just need you to sign this deed if we're going to give you, you know, several grand. And the guy's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. All right, so he signed the deed, boom, boom, we gave him some, like 10 grand and we went about um, evicting the tenants we went to fix the property and we started fixing this real estate to then sell it for a profit. So here we are kind of going about our business, fixing this piece of real estate that was an, you know, an, uh, we buy ugly houses special. It was an ugly house in a, you yeah. know, so, so part of town. And we're trying to make this thing sellable. So we're about three weeks into this project. And I think we're kind of towards the middle end of the project, fixing the, the final drywall plate, you know, repairs near the kitchen. And we're sitting there, my brother and I talking to the contractors like, oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. And maybe we should do this. And maybe we should do that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the door is kicked in, dude. And oh, no. everybody like turns around like, you know, just what the hell? And, and cops raided the house. And these cops are screaming, <laughs> what the hell? They were screaming at us as if they were mad. They weren't doing like we weren't doing anything wrong. They were mad at us. Like, what the hell are you doing here? What is it? You know, pointing, it was terrible. Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't point guns, but they, they came in kind of quote unquote guns blazing. Anyway, man, everybody's spooked. We're like, what the hell? We got two cops that literally kicked in the door. We have to go fix the door jam. They're screaming at us. We're about to go to jail. My brother and I are like, what, the, what did we just, what, is, what just happened here? Did you do something? <laughs> and I'm like, no, did you do something? And then the, can you imagine the contractors thinking, who the hell are yeah. these guys that we did business with? <laughs> Well, as it turns out, we, we had to get to the bottom of it. It's like, whoa, chill out. We're the owners of this property. What's going on? Um, the, the cop tells us, I'm the owner of this property. We're like, oh, <laughs> shit. 
what just wow. happened here? Well, it turns out my neighbor wasn't um, only selling the property to us. He sold it to these cops. And they, these guys are scumbag cops. I don't care. I don't mind sharing that on the air. It's total scumbags, North Miami Beach. And we, um, you know, the, the innocent prevailed. We ended up getting the property and everything turned out okay. But that was one of the scariest moments of my life. I thought I was going to get arrested for doing the right thing. You right. said, screw this, this, you know, this getting shotguns pulled on you for the birds. When did you decide to open up Roy's list? When, when did it, it was like, I need to serve this community? Well, we were in uh, one of these asset protection conferences out in Las Vegas. And, you know, we just were meeting everybody. Everybody was exchanging business cards. And a lot of these people were very successful trying to find, you know, whether they were wholesalers trying to find cash buyers that were willing to fix and flip properties or vice versa. We realized that so many of these business cards get wasted. You know, I forgot what everybody did. And we were just like, we could create this, a online community where you can meet the investors near you or even put yourself in a, you know, different market so you can meet people out there. And we just figured that we could put it together. It would simplify everything. Partially, it would be green because you wouldn't have to buy these business cards anymore and exchange them. Yep. And then have to cold call everybody again. Hopefully, they answer in this day and age. Nobody answers the phone anymore. Mm -mm. And um, basically, you know, I could look at your profile. You could tell me where you are, what you're interested in, what you're looking for. And, you know, if you have a deal, you could simply put it on there and I could kind of research that if I'm even interested before talking to you. Or if I wanted, I could just network with everybody on the app and learn a little bit from everybody. So that's where we pretty much just a one-stop shop for real estate investors. Sure. And it's got a national footprint. Am I right? That it does. Okay. Yeah. That was something that originally, that when we originally started talking, I was thinking, man, this would be great. So you're telling me the same type of person that goes to the REIC or REIA or RENC or, you know, pick another one. That same type of person is online in my market. And like I said, it hasn't made quite the penetration in Texas as it has in California, but that's the reason you're on the air. I'd love to share this audience with you because honestly, man, if we could get a little more of that as compared to what we've got today, which is great, but it's so cluttered. We, you know, right now there's just a lot of people in the business and the people that are in the business are trying to kind of dip their toe. And I think there's a better place to dip your toe it, right now than, than spending time and spinning wheels. It's like, I mean, I, I actually looked at you guys a little bit more like a Facebook for real estate investors. And you told me quickly, no, 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 that's not the case. But it's like, you know, people are accustomed to that type of experience. Just kind of go in there and look at, click what they want and don't want. So just what you're doing, I think is special and it could really help somebody break in and or really build. So if, if those, there's people that have hesitation going to the networking events, what you do is a service. But if there's people who are just like, are spinning their wheels. I think that's the one right there. The people who are spinning their wheels at these networking events, what you guys do is a huge service. Am I right? Yeah, I believe so. You know, it's just an instant black book. You can reach out, you can ask questions. And what I've found in the, re in the investor community is <clears throat> people aren't as competitive as one would think. You know, a lot of people are there to help. They all kind of have a similar mindset of most of you, us are trying to escape the rat race. And we can appreciate other people trying to, you know, work independently, be their own boss and simply live by their own terms, which is, you know, entrepreneurship and real estate investing. It really provides that opportunity if you 
ready to dive in and actually do the work. Yeah. Are you, so what, talk to me a little bit about your personal kind of user experience of your product. I mean, you can't just be the president. What was that? Remember that hair club for men thing when we were kids or maybe when I was a kid? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Not, not just the president. I'm also a customer. Something, something like that. Lines. Yeah. And then it was this dude with hair plugs. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that guy's in Austin, by the way. So the hair plug guy, you're, you're also the hair plug guy. Am I right? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I use this app. I network with people on there. I've uh, had a few deals thrown my way. I've kicked some deals out to others. I've um, oftentimes people would be, you know, asking me if I knew people in this region or that region, and I simply gave the handshake with no real strings attached. You know, just talk to this person, talk to that person, and sometimes you get a thank you if things work out. If they don't, they still have a connection. And, you know, it's just we're trying to build a community where everyone can help each other out and find exactly what they need without having too much time on the road, too much overhead. Around where I am, there's not really any great REIA meetings. And, um, you know, we got to travel to Los Angeles. And that's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, one way, plus the money spent ahead of time. Sometimes they're great. Meeting people is always great. But, you know, if I've got a deal in the works now, you know, sometimes you just need to connect pieces together right away yeah guys we're always on the clock in this yeah i know absolutely always on the clock you do have to connect those pieces quick i just i just got back from a conference i i don't know if we said this on the air or off the air but i just got back from a conference in miami it was a one week um session the fir very first two days were were conference heavy and these were industry professionals and by the way these are heavy hitters these weren't just a bunch of guys and gals out there you know because it's miami i mean there was a little bit of that but that's that's a 20 percent. the 80 percent were killers and boy when we started talking deals and when we started talking business that stuff moves as quick as i mean as quick as i've ever seen it move these deals are getting cut and these deals are getting completed within days so there is no time to uh to kind of sit around as you said and i think the concept of the you know you know having it at your fingertips as compared to waiting to get to the event and do the thing um is so much faster and so much easier and, and frankly so much more comfortable for so many people i mean it is that new generation i actually as i say that i'm gonna i'm i'm parched over here buddy so i'm gonna get a little quick drink i as i say that i am i can't help but think of the the reis that i go to or rei or you call them rias the ria meetings that i yep. go to you know there's so much value there but every time you go there everything that's kind of being circulated has been stepped on a thousand times. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think on a, on a platform that's got some exclusivity, you might be able to do it a little different. So talk to me about the, the types of transactions that, that exist in your world, man. All right. Uh, personally, what I do now is, you know, I'm kind of a fix and flipper. I'm currently looking for a new project. I've got a handful of rentals out here in California way, one in Mammoth. It's uh, kind of a ski resort area. Cool. So we short-term rental that out. You know, it's walking distance from the mountain. It's great. Pays, you know, for everything that I need out there. And then we have another house in Los Angeles that, you know, we rent out and it kind of pays for itself along with some cash flow. And what I've really been interested in lately is mobile homes. You know, I think Warren Buffett said that, you know, they're little ATMs. Nice. And when you crunch, yeah, when you crunch the numbers on those, if you do it right, you know, they're easily to repair. Um, the overhead isn't too much and assuming that you you know don't put sort of like scamming people in your place 
you're going to earn your investment back in two and a half, three years. And then everything on top of that, just straight cash flow. So that's kind of the interest that I've kind of gone into personally. And um, just want to dive into everywhere. At some point in my life, I'd like to own an apartment complex in a lot of great beach cities and hold on one of those apartments for myself. You know? Yeah. Just so <laughs> travel and live leisurely. Exotic. That's just how I am, you know? It'd be you nice to have one of those in Miami. Everywhere. Exactly. Except a little nicer in the mobile homes. Yeah. But, you know, I started to say that, you know, out here in Santa Barbara, there is this 55 and older park that, you know, mobile homes start at $1 million. It's pretty insane. Damn. Yeah. I don't know if they're. Damn, we have one of these in Austin, too. Uh, what is it called? It's like right next to Sh it's off Shady Grove. What's the name of that mobile home park? Um, it's one of those, man, where the, the waiting list is 25 years long. It's kind of like tickets to Lambo. Yeah. You know, as all these different forces are kind of entering the marketplace, I've, I had a guy tell me a term that I've kind of researched, and it is a little bit of a buzz term. Not everybody's using it, but everybody should be looking into it. But what you just said about the mobile homes reminded me of it. It's a covered land play. Okay, covered land play. Basically, buy yourself a piece of dirt that pays for itself and let that sucker ride. Yeah. I was just in San Antonio minutes ago. Just got in from San Antonio, and I saw a gnarly gnarly apartment building right it was i think it was underneath the freeway wow if not underneath it was pretty close to underneath the freeway it was something else but dude it was right downtown but something in santa barbara that you're buying a million dollar mobile home yeah those are brand new but yeah that land will be a zillion dollars yeah. that's huge so yeah man so okay so that's you that's your thing what are what are you, people in your community doing what's what's that look like out here in santa barbara los angeles uh los angeles has um it's coming up, you know, because the Rams are moving in, the Chargers are moving in, Inglewood is being completely gentrified for, you know, and it's really becoming a different area. A lot of more people are moving in. It's becoming a lot more congested, if you could imagine that. Somehow Los Angeles pulled that one off. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, since an interesting article today, sorry to sidetrack on this, my, one of my teammates sent me today, they constructed the first 3D printed house. I think it cost them about $10,000 to make this thing. It looked really beautiful. And I forgot where they built it, but it could be, you know, one of the possible ways of the future. Along with, have you ever heard of an Earth ship? I, somebody in the studio is shaking their head. I have not. Ah. So uh, Earth ship is kind of a self-sustaining house made out of recyclable material. It's kind of an interesting concept. So basically, it stays at a constant... 70 degree temperature it filters its own uh sunlight and uh, solar power you could grow your own food in there and somehow it captures its own water using you know humidity in the air and blah 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 i just thought it was an interesting thing that you can look into at some point yeah well i'm pretty sure i'm not going to be doing a loan on that in the next few months no probably not i'm definitely going to be googling it the minute we get off of this call so yeah thanks dude that's that's pretty powerful what about inside of roy's list what type of deals are you seeing go on in there Primarily fix and flips and wholesalers. You know, we got a lot of wholesalers looking to build their black book. Um, quite, quite an advantage to the cash buyers around here and the investors that are looking for that because, you know, they've got a lot of wholesalers with deals being flushed towards them. And um, that's pretty much what we have so far. I've seen quite a few joint ventures go on. You know, people can't make ends meet completely, but they want the deal in the house. So they advertise the deal to various investors in the market can kind of complete the funds that they need. Um, there's also, you know, a handful of lenders here and there, and I'm sure more come and go because they're 
you know, always in the market for new customers. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. So let me, let me tell you about one thing that I continue to hear coming from you and, and from a handful of other people I've been talking to recently. And this isn't a buzzword. I just think this is good old fashioned. The right way to do business right now is community. So you've created a community, if I'm not mistaken, inside of Roy's List that's different than maybe anything that we've been accustomed to in the real estate investing space. I guess more than anything, I commend you on that. But maybe tell us what exactly you, you started kind of talking about this just a moment ago. What exactly they will find inside of this community? What are the benefits of the community to them? Now you can introduce yourself to every investor near you. You can figure out what people want, what people need. That's a big one. What I really like about it is remote investing becomes the easiest thing on the planet. We have a function on here called the passport function. Let's say I'm interested in buying a property out in Dallas. I can put my avatar in Dallas and start reaching out to people in the Dallas area. They could kick me deals right away. I could find people that are experts on the market or the land, what's going up, what's going down, what's going sideways. And I can make great connections across the country, you know, and hopefully soon internationally with pretty much everywhere in the world. You know, beyond the foreign investor from China, they could buy here if we want to buy in, and in the Philippines, you could reach out there when we start expanding to these markets. But I think that's a great part of the, what the job is. It's just all networking in this world. And you know what they say, your network is your net worth. And we're trying to help people expand their network. I hear you. So you've, you've started this thing a few years back and it's turned into something pretty special with a great community and a bunch of people prospering, including yourself. So yeah. the other side of that though, is you started a business and you probably fell on your face a few times, clearly fell on your face with the wingman app. And maybe you didn't fall on your face, but you said you were undercapitalized and you had to, you know, kind of go to this RIA meeting to see like, Oh crap. So maybe share some of those stories of failure, if you don't mind, um, as we start kind of winding this thing down, because I think people learn more from failure oftentimes than they do from success. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. You know, the word that you used was pivot. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've had to do so many times. You know, for example, the Wingman app, we were built, it was our first time building one of these things. And I don't know if you know anything about software, but the second you add a one little snippet of code, everything breaks. Since I know nothing. And it is demoralizing. It. it is demoralizing and frustrating. and. You know, you're fighting with the people that you work with. You love them, but, you know, you're fighting with it because, you know, if you're on a losing football team, nobody's happy. Exactly. You know, the locker room is just a disaster. And then you get that first little hint of success, whether, you know, it's in your mind or it's monetary. It gives you that confidence to keep growing and keep fighting and keep fighting. And then during this, of course, you're trying to find every motivational speech or quote out there to try to keep everything alive and you know you just keep going you know with Roy's List we pivoted it was we had a tough day on the we released the iOS first about a month or two later we released the Android something had happened you know we had a large list of Android people that were just stoked on it we had them all on this email list waiting for it to come out and apparently 90% of these people signed up, but they never got on the app. So we're like, what's going on? And then we got just scathing reviews originally because nobody mm -hmm. says anything nice. Yeah, the, the Yelp, the Yelp community um, jumped in. Yeah. No. So what happened is Facebook changed some algorithm that made it so 
a lot of apps didn't work with their Facebook app and we overlooked this and we know it was an easy correction on our part, but then getting these customers to come back, give us another chance, you know, it's just a little demoralizing at times, but you know, I think a lot of them did, you know, people understand how things can go. Some don't, some do. Some people only give you one yeah. chance, but you know, we just kept fighting no matter what we needed to do. Some days you feel like it's just, maybe I'll just go back to the rat race, but then you hopefully get back, you know, center yourself. You're like, no, I'm not going to do that one. You got to have kind of this internal drive that's greater than anything that anybody has to make these things succeed. And I think a lot of times people forget that. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> you know, you take one shot and you're like, Ooh, that was hard. I'm out. <laughs> so I, I yeah. think that's where you guys are at, man. You guys took a number of shots and kept shooting. And I think you finally hit that, yeah. that long yeah. distance three. So, so cheers to you. Hey, real quick, man. Um, and by the way, cheers to you. I just opened up an Oktoberfest from Strangeland. I wish you were here because these guys, these guys have been supplying us beer for a while. And the last couple of shows, I've been drinking it oh, by myself. Wonderful. So that's a thing, man. So, so yeah, I've been drinking with Sean, our producer, actually. So here, listen, what's, what is next for you, Kyle? What are you, what are you doing? And maybe how are you expanding your footprint? How, how are more people hearing about you? We're creating this new tech that there's a lot of investors that are really interested in. Can't really talk about it now. We'll get into trouble, but. A lot of investors have like wanted to get in on our project now. What we have already created, you know, a similar property platform, which we'll be debuting in a week or two, maybe a month at tops, where let's say you are a distressed seller, you're going through foreclosure. Imagine coming onto our app and for the price of a cup of coffee, you can be put in a network of real estate investors that are going to buy you cash, buy your property for cash, get you out of trouble right away. So that's going to be a big part of what we do next. Along with that, we've got other apps coming out that are, you know, not exactly real estate related. But, you know, that's kind of where we're heading right now. And I wish I was there with you having one of those Oktoberfest beers because it is it's that know, time. almost five o'clock yeah, right here. It is that time. Yeah, that time. Man, well, that's that's great. So this uh, we'll wind this down real quick. Um, I never asked you this, but how do people learn more about you and maybe even engage with you and, and Roy's List? I mean, you can go on to our website, RoysList.net. When you reach out, you're going to reach out to our team. Most things get circled to me. So um, pretty much the easiest way to do that. You can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. But, you know, you can also find me on the app, most importantly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> my, uh, yeah, yeah. my character is a little bit different. Yeah. color. Yeah, right. It's almost a dating app for real estate investors. People have talked about that. Yeah, my avatar on the app is a little bit different than everybody else's that says, you know, I'm the creator of the app. Talk to me if you have any questions, concerns, or want me to expand on this. And, you know, I'm always reaching out to everybody on there, trying to make sure it's running smoothly and everybody's satisfied with the product. You're like the, uh, the super admin. You should have like a cape on in your profile picture. Yeah, hey, man, so, Go ahead. It's funny. Uh, no, I was just going to talk about one time uh, Bill Gates was working late at Microsoft. And... <laughs> Yeah, at Roy's List, I wish. And then uh, somebody called with a problem on their computer, and he was like, hi, this is Bill. And then he walked this guy step-by-step no. through the problem. Yeah, he did. It just acted like a customer service dude. And the guy was so satisfied that he called back, I think, a day or two later to compliment whoever this was and their customer service skills. And then they were like, who's this? And then they found out Bill Gates working late one night just decided to be a helpful hand. <laughs> that's great. That well, that's kind of you. A little bit more than just one night, though. I take it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a, his. I'm not nearly <laughs> his success. 
but you know, that, maybe someday. That's part of the maybe grind, someday. my man. Well, I think I think we've got this. So, by the way, you you did not spell Roy's list. I did not spell Roy's list. Roy's R O I S list dot net. Roy, um, play on words, I guess. R O I, if you want to call it that. But Roy's list dot net. Um, Kyle McMillan, that's who you would find. So, so listen, just to kind of land this ship, I will say that I've been to a zillion networking events. And some are great, some are good, some are not so good, some are terrible. You know, the, the spectrum is is wide ranging. Yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, they all serve a purpose. It kind of depends on what you want. And what I've seen with these networking events is I might say that they're garbage, but somebody else is getting so much value out of them. So it's not fair to necessarily judge them, right? And what what I'm in love with with regards to say Roy's list is that you could kind of curate your own experience. But now being able to do that in a place, you know, through like like Roy's list digitally. You could curate the experience. Whatever you want, you get. It's not just whatever pops up on your feed. Again, another Facebook kind of um, poke there, but it's whatever you want. And, and I think that's super cool. I would love to see this thing catch fire here in Texas. Great stuff, man. I'm, I'm excited to see where this thing goes, but we, uh, we're going to keep trekking on this end, man. I hope you keep trekking on your end and, and all the best to you, bud. What you've done is really impressive. And I think the people that are listening are going to be really not only impressed, but also going to be really interested in learning how they could use what you're doing to grow. So cheers to you. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to make a little money together, man. Yeah. Sounds good, Romney. I'm, when you come out to California, when I under come to Texas next weekend, you know, have that beer, make a deal. Go deal. All right, bud. I will see you soon. That's it for today's fire starters. Uh, thanks a lot, Romney. You have a good one. That's it for this week's fire starter podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Until then, I'm Romney Navarro. Always keep the flame in your heart, and I'll see you at the top.